Welcome to Women in Leadership Talk, where you'll hear from successful women who are empowering other women with their stories of adversity, resiliency, and success. And here is your host, Vicki Bradley, founder and CEO of Women in Leadership Empowered. Hello, and welcome everyone to the Women in Leadership Talk podcast. I am super excited. Today, we have Carly Cunningham joining us. Carly, welcome to the call. Thank you. We're so excited to have you. So let me officially welcome you with sharing with our our listeners uh, a little bit about you. So Carly is a big thinker. She's a creative strategist and a business accelerator. She has over 20 years experience and has been fueled by a natural collision between business development, brand, and good design. She seeks challenges in every aspect of her life, and we have a few stories for you, (laughs) as well as in her work life, uh, and encourages others to set the bar high and then find the smartest way to leap over it. Her past life as a professional athlete taught her to be performance-driven, and she continues to thrive in competitive sport and and is a two-time finisher of the BC Bike Race, which is, if I think I'm right here, seven days, 360. 25 kilometers, 365 kilometers, a really long, of course, (laughs) long way. Um, And that's a mountain bike stage race, which I can't even imagine like getting three kilometers out of me is a a tough one. (laughs) But when not setting her next business challenge, she can be found challenging herself on single track trails of the Pacific Northwest or seeking the next peak somewhere in the world. Love that, Carly. Now, I would be a great walker and could join you from a walking perspective, but I'd really struggle on the bike. So good for you. That's awesome. And welcome. Thank you very much. It's great to have you. And walking is something that I try and get out and do every day. And since uh, since the unmentionable started um, with social distancing, I've taken to doing coffee meetings as walk and talks in the forest. So it's oh, a nice combination it. of getting to know folks and still being able to see people. So yeah. Oh, that's a great way to combine it. I uh, I have done some of that, but you know, you're a little more fortunate on the weather. <laughs> Because I'm I'm a bit of a fair weather walker. Uh, I will go out in the snow, which it's pouring today. I will say, um, but you know what? When that weather starts warming up a little bit, like I think tomorrow we're going to have 10 Celsius and 17 on Thursday. Those are the days I'm out there, and I'll 10k, 20k. I'm all, all good with it. <laughs> So fantastic. Yeah. Well, we're fortunate to have you here today, and super excited to talk a bit about flow. So let's jump into our conversation. What, when you think about this new world of flow, what are really, what are some of your intentions? What are you planning to to do or not do? Great question. Uh, For me, there's, there's two pieces of this. There's the micro, uh, which is for me related to the internal and the macro, which is the external. So internally for me, paying attention to my own energy levels and carefully managing my own capacity. Um, I'm being very careful about what I say yes to and what I say no to, because I'm sure your your listeners have heard the phrase, what you say yes to, you say no to something else and vice versa. 100%. Um, Yeah. Um, And I've learned through my life as an athlete and my work in strategy and brand development that alignment is so key to flow. And how I often explain that it's even modeled in my, uh, the methodology that I do. I have a model for that. I've even created a a spine within that model. So I refer to it. If you imagine physically as the spine in your body and, and for the listeners, if, if you close your eyes and imagine what it feels like when your vertebrae in your spine are aligned and that for a lot of people, that's the day to day, but for anybody with back problems, 
Mm-hmm. Think about it when it's not aligned. And if you don't have back problems, imagine what it feels like when you're not aligned is everything can feel off. It's the house of the central nervous system and you're just not in that ideal space. Um, and so finding ways to create flow for me is very, very important. Um, finding structure to make that happen. Planning for my day-to-day really works well for me to create those spaces of flow and understanding that I am most productive in the morning. Um, I kind of wane off in the afternoon. So that's when I book the small tasks, the you know up, update bookkeeping tasks and get things to the accountant or the bookkeeper or messages or referrals or intros. And, and learning your own flow is so critical and key to being a high performer. Yeah, that's so true. And and I love what you said there about, you know, carving out that space, like that's so important and being in alignment with when you can be at your best self. I think one of the other things you shared with me that, that really, that really struck with me is this refusal to keep pushing and that, you know, what's been happening over the last two years has really amplified that for you. Yep, absolutely. Um, and because of my background in sport, I know how to bear down and, and, and push, you know, they're okay. There's, there's a small thinking about it on the mountain bike. There's a small hill coming up. It's like, okay, you, you change your body position. You change the way you pedal and you bear down and you go through it. And that's just kind of been, I mean, that's the way of the entrepreneur. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but about sure. six months ago, seeing that we were starting to hopefully come out of the pandemic, I was like, okay, you know, it's time to get back at her. And and not to say that there wasn't a lot going on in the pandemic in the business. I was very fortunate um, to have a business that carried through, but my coach identified it for me. And she said, you're tired. And I was like, yeah. And, and I think that it's learning when your body is saying no and learning when the pushing through which can become habit is not the right thing to do. And so we established a a three word mantra for me for the next little while, which is heal, hone, and holler. And so heal is about um, healing. There were some traumatic events that happened prior to the pandemic for me. And then everybody's suffering trauma for, from the pandemic in some ways, shape or form, we're seeing it show up as a lot of mental health issues. And so healing is just going through that, reconnection with self-awareness and understanding what do I need right now. Mm -hmm. Um, The hone is about deliberately focusing and clearing out the friction and refining systems within the business. And then the hauler is, well, exactly what I'm doing with you today is um, joining others on podcasts and promoting myself and my business. So those three, and I love alliteration, like who knew with a company called Big Bull Brand. Um, (laughs) Who knew? You clearly did. Yeah. Um, and so that works really well for me. And I have it on a sticky note um, just off to my right. Nice. Nice. I love that. That was a great share. And it's so important that we are constantly reflecting on, right? What are we learning? What's our body telling us, you know, because our body is a very powerful in its own right that, I mean, it will tell us what's wrong if we just stop and listen long enough. Um, and I think for women in particular, we are we are pushers and it's like, mm-hmm. okay, get that one more thing done or got to take care of that one more person and always putting ourselves on the back burner. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so let's, you know, let's take a moment here. I want to explore a few things with you if that's okay, but mm-hmm. where do you, where do you think people are currently now things are kind of opening back up? Um, where are they and how, how do we serve more in this world now? 
That's a, that's a really great two-part question. And that goes back to at the beginning of the interview, I said it's about the, the micro and the macro. And so the macro for me is about being sensitive to the local and global crises and how those are changing and shaping the worldviews of those within my community ecosystem, my clients, my strategic partners, um, the folks within my network and community. Um, it's been a really long time since humanity has experienced such a drastic and traumatic set of world events that has rocked us so hard, it's significantly and drastically altered many people's worldviews all at once. Yeah, And, very, and very. so by worldview, um, I'm referring to people's beliefs um, about the fundamental aspects of their reality and the influence on that this is having is changing so many people's perceptions, their thinking, their knowing, and their ways of being and doing. And so paying attention to that and understanding that Someone may not be in the same pattern and flow communication methodology, have the same expectations of, of me and my business as we move forward. And being very sensitive to that is, is how I'm approaching serving. Mm -hmm. um, I've even been teaching a workshop on it to look at, you know, look at specific, look at, look at a specific audience that you serve, evaluate which crises have affected them the most, and then evaluate how that's changed their worldview and then how you can best serve them based on that. Mm -hmm. I love that. So very customized to where that person is. So you're meeting them mm -hmm. in the space that they're at at the moment. Yeah. Awesome. That's beautiful. So let's, let's share some of your thoughts on the endurance race and especially given your experiences as a, as a high performing athlete, how do we pre prepare for that big stuff? Well, you said the first piece, prepare, <laughs> prepare and plan. Um, I work very, very well to a plan and to structure. Um, one of my clients said to me the other day, she's like, wow, you are very structured. And I'm like, yep. And I have been since a young age, I've been involved in, in high-performing sports since I was about six or seven. And so for me, without structure, it feels like complete chaos. Um, as a creative, I can work in that chaos for a certain period of time, but then I will pull it back into structure. I'm very good at, okay, let's throw it all at the wall, but then I need to start to form the constellations of thought and ideas um, and then practice. You know, we're all practicing. We're all learning. I love that life is continuously about learning. So, and then with regards to the, the endurance race, it's, it's much like lead, the leadership journey. It's much like being in business, you can't sprint an endurance race, which means you can't go hundred or 110% all the time. And you certainly can't tackle it off the couch, <laughs> you know, couch to 20. No, thank you. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. No kidding. Well, and I think that's a really important part of, you know, of many things because there's this, you know, tendency where we think we have to go from zero to a hundred over like mm -hmm. immediately. Right. And, and so it's, how do you go from even a zero to 20, zero to 50 and, and find some of that neutral territory so that you, you, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You, you familiarize yourself before you go the full, full sprint mm -hmm. and, and getting yourself a little mm -hmm. more comfortable. So I know we spoke earlier about this, but maybe share some insight with respect to how we train with seasons in mind. Um, when you shared that with me, it was very profound. And I was like, oh, wow, I never even thought of it that way. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm also from Ontario, which is I know where you're located. I'm currently on the West Coast in North Vancouver. Um, 
Ontario really forces you to learn that and as an athlete. So as a mountain biker, uh, my that was my chosen sport for many years. And so if you look at it, you know, we winter, you're forced into a period of, of rest. And then as spring starts to approach, we, you know, all the athletes go, oh, I should probably start doing something because race season's coming up. And so that we use as a base building period, you know, we're, we're doing, we're weightlifting and we're doing um, longer endurance rides to build our base. And then in the spring, we add in shorter intensity workouts. We add in heavier uh, weights uh, to generate power. So we're building on that foundation. And then in summer, we're full on into race mode and it's an all out effort to race and then recover before the next race. So you're, you're building up your body for that. And then I always say the smart athletes are the ones in the fall that rest and recover and they make it about play. And the, the one thing that I see a lot of um, athletes make a mistake in is they keep pushing through the fall and then it just, they just keep pushing. And then eventually for a lot, their bodies just go, no, I'm not going to do this anymore. So learning from that cycle, it's nature's natural cycle. And I think too often because of the intelligence of human beings that misserves them because they think they can beat the system. I always Mm. say mother nature always wins. Interesting. Interesting. So how would you relate that to your business? Like if you think about, and I know you do this as, as a, you know, your big bold brands, like you're looking at, you know, how do you, how do you prepare for that race? Right. Mm -hmm. And, and how do you take, advantage of the season so that when it's time for you to be on, you're at peak performance. Mm-hmm. I, um, I time block my weeks. Um, so I also plan in, uh, this year I just started planning in rest periods. Um, so every six weeks or so, depending upon how projects are falling, I will schedule in what I call a catch up week and I block out to the best of my ability, all client meetings. I block out anything except for possibly meet and greet coffees just to keep doing the business development actions. But I'm really then focused on honing in on, okay, what attention needs to be given to the projects that I now have that really deep focused time. Um, and I find that, um, really rejuvenating. I've practiced it. I'm right in a, I'm in a, one of those weeks right now. And it just, it changes, it, it, it takes that macro of the annual and it, you can bring it down and scale it. And I even plan my days that, that, that way. Um, I tend to, to look at, I do intensity in the morning, like deep focused work in the morning. Um, I don't typically try to get, I try not to schedule meetings unless of course I'm doing a client facilitation, which is deep work and very focused work and high intensity work. And then in the afternoons, I try to cut myself a break so that I can be ready to go for the next day. And I'm, I do my best to plan at the end of the day for the next day. Um, I don't know if you've read atomic habits yet. It's the, all the rave, but you know, those setting up those tiny habits and getting, you know, clearing off your desk at the end of the day, clearing off your desktop at the end of the day and putting, putting things in order so that when you sit down, you're not ordering, you're, you're diving right in. It's really helpful for me. I even do that if I'm doing weights in the morning, obviously can't go to the gym. So I find working out in the house really hard. But if I, if I put down the mats and I set out the weights, um, you know, at this point, my office converts into the weight room. And if I don't (laughs) do it, I don't do it. 
I get up and I'm like, okay, I got to get ready. And I got to get all this stuff together. And by that point, um, my wife's making coffee and I'm like, Ooh, coffee, coffee's way more appealing than <laughs> going to work out <laughs> weight work. And I get distracted. Yeah. So, you know, finding, finding that structure and bringing it down and time blocking and finding your own flow. And, you know, that I really love in the book, peak performance, stress plus rest equals growth. So again, you can't, you can't stress everything and never rest anything and not achieve anything or, or, and expect to achieve high performance. So, well, what I heard you just say there that I love so much is that you're very intentional about carving out your flow, right? Mm -hmm. Because you can't, to your point, you can't, if you're busy and distracted, you can't get into flow. No, not really. And so when you're carving out that time, you're actually enabling yourself to have flow time, to have creative time, to to have Mm -hmm. space, to even, you know, let your, let your creativity, you know, expand. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. Love Mm -hmm. that. One of the other things I do when you said it prompted me, when you said letting your creativity expand, um, for me, being on the trails is not just about sport and athleticism. I find that being in the box of the office, there's a ceiling on it. And often that limits my thinking, you know, you get caught in the same patterns, you're trying to solve the same solution, using the same tools. And I find that if I just go out for a walk with the dog, or I go out for just a fun pedal or ride or run, and just let, let my mind open up and change the environment, often there it is a solution or a number of solutions just pops into my head. It's, it's magic. Yes. Yes. Well, and I, I remember one time you and I, we were having this conversation um, and we were talking about walking and we were talking about Kelly Windorf who um, did flying lead change. And then on your mm-hmm. walk, you found this horse and it was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> like that whole creativeness of how it came about. Like, mm-hmm. I know for our audience, they don't understand what I'm talking about so much, but you and I know what that means, but yeah. you, you cleared space in order for that to happen, which I think is, is wonderful. Yeah. So, so it wasn't a big horse just for context for your yeah, audience. Yeah. And so, so for context, to let them in. <laughs> I was, um, Vicki and I had connected on, uh, on LinkedIn through mutual networks. We had had a few conversations and I saw that she had the podcast and I was like, listened to a few episodes and I thought, wow, I think I could really bring some value to the audience. And I was back and forth about pitching you and how do I pitch you? And I was, I was listening to Kelly Windorf's episode about changing flying lead change. And I was walking through the little trails just out behind her house with the dog at lunch. And there was a toy horse that had been left on a stump that was pretty much staring at me. And I was like, well, if there were ever a sign. So I took a photo of it and I sent it to you. I thought that was magnificent. I loved it. But but that again, it's just like, you know, you allowed yourself that space and because mm-hmm. you could have gone out and walked and not even seen it. Right. Like, yeah. I mean, but that, that openness was there to experience. Lovely. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Carly. Yeah. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about gender roles. So mm-hmm. I, I want us to talk about a couple of things. So alignment with ourself and, and our values, and then why women don't stick to those boundaries you know, because a lot of times what happens is we get sidetracked or distracted from mm-hmm. uh, the boundaries we put in place. And you mentioned earlier, when you say yes to somebody else, you're saying no to you, which I, I promote that all the time. I think it's such an important thing for women to get clear on. Mm-hmm. Um, but also what happens to us physically, mentally, emotionally, when we're not sticking to 
um, those boundaries and spiritually as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it uh, absolutely encompasses all of those aspects of life. And I think for me, if we're coming at it from the, from the gender roles perspective, um, I think overarching as the primary caregivers, um, stereotypically in a lot of cultures, women are the primary caregivers and we're taught from a young age to serve and put others needs above our own. And it's interesting because I grew up in a house that didn't prescribe to the typical gender roles. And it's because my father, he worked, he was a shift worker. He was a police officer and uh, my mother uh, worked at the university. And so she had a very structured schedule. And so for the, for, for the two of them, they were very good at just doing what needed to be done. Um, you know, so my dad was often the one who took me to school or got me ready. He made my lunches. He got me dressed. Um, cause he was home. Mom was, you know, leaving for work before I ever left for school. Dad was the one who, um, had the, had the, the fun of getting to come on school trips with me because again, he was available during the day quite often. So I just grew up in a, in a house that didn't by structure subscribe to. And I, with, with the way both my parents were raised, it wasn't, it wasn't something that they chose to, to just step into that model. And so I was really raised with a do what you want to do, play the sports you want to play, choose the career you want to cre- create. Um, how can we support you to do that? Um, and I didn't have a lot of those gender roles put on me or influenced by, it was kind of a wide open choice. However, when I stepped out of the house, that's where I started to find the boundaries and barriers, mm. you know, wanting to play boys sports or wanting to assist. You know, I used to work at a golf course and I remember they were laying sod on, they were laying a new nine and I worked in, um, in the, in, in the uh, restaurant as a short order cook and server. And I was like, Hey, I'll come out and lay sod. And the owner literally laughed at me. He's like, you're a girl. You can't do that. I was like, <laughs> Why? I worked in horse stables for 10, the last 10 years. I can absolutely lift a piece of sod and I can lay a straight line, you know? So it was outside of the home where I started to learn those boundaries and bump up against them and feel the friction or the put downs or the pushback. And so that's where I started to learn. And, you know, it's interesting because I grew up playing with the boys And I didn't understand the concept of women's gyms because I was so comfortable moving in and out of whatever gender I happened to be playing with. It didn't, didn't matter. There was a fluidity to that um, before anyone ever started talking about gender fluidity. And, um, but when I started teaching at women's gyms, I really saw the intimidation factor, women feeling, well, can I do this? You know, I taught spin classes for a very long time and I would invite women to join me because I'd see them watching or they'd ask me something about it. I'd be like, well, come join me. Oh, I can't do that. That looks really intense. I can't do that. Yeah, it's an intense sport. But what I would say to them is, okay, let me invite you to a class and I'll tell you what. First time you make it through 10 minutes of the 45 or 60 minute class. You need to walk out, no problem. Or you make it through 10 minutes and you just pedal. Just come and be with the group. And I'd say, I guarantee you the next week, you're going to do 10 to 15, 10, 10 minutes is going to turn into 15 or 20 minutes. And I would say, before you know it, you'll be doing the full class. You ride at your own pace. And I'm not going to, you know, I'm going to encourage you. Let's figure it out. And they would do that. And it was just 
so inspiring to see them step into this place where they they didn't feel confident and they didn't feel that they could do it. And I think that's so often we we doubt what we're actually capable of because of the structures and the things we've learned outside of us. Yeah, uh, I love how you shared that. And maybe I needed you as my gym instructor, <laughs> <laughs> encouraging me to do those 10 minutes so that I, I would be successful. <laughs> I really did. I was really horrible at that kind of stuff. (laughs) But I think what you just shared there is so important because sometimes it just takes somebody, you know, encouraging you a little bit, right. And, and showing you what's possible versus what you feel like you can't accomplish. So yeah, that's a, that's a good share. So, so what happens when, what's the impact, I guess, physically, mentally, uh, spiritually, when, when we, don't stick to our boundaries. What do you think mm-hmm. happens to people? Um, there was a really smart yogi who once taught me to break down the word disease into dis-ease. You create dis-ease within the body. And at first it can just feel like a niggling, a friction. Um, then it moves to, if, it, if it's bigger, you know, if it's in contrast with your personal values, if you're working outside of your zone of genius and just doing things that you don't enjoy, it can be, feel like you're running against the grain of, of who you are operating um, in a way in contrast to your values. And it becomes sticky and it becomes, it can become, it can, can torment people. Mm-hmm. I'm not happy. I'm not in an organization that I'm aligned with. It doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel good. And those, those feelings, it's, you know, it's sometimes people say to me, brand, is that just fluffy stuff? And I'm like, well, are feelings just fluffy stuff? How does a hug feel? How does anger feel? How does tension feel in your body? And so, so the dis-ease over time and again, intention can turn into disease. And manifest in so many different ways. Uh, for me, when I was racing pro elite and I was training, um, unfortunately, then back then and still today, they don't have a lot of research on female athletes and, and performance and how their bodies respond and how their hormones respond. So we've, you know, there's just this phrase that says, don't treat, don't train women like they're small men because we're not small men. Unfortunately, none of us knew better back then. And I was being trained like I was a small man and I um, got burnt out and my body finally said, nope, you're not going to do this. And I acquired adrenal fatigue. So, you know, if you keep pushing and if I keep pushing in my day to day and I'm ignoring diet and I'm ignoring sleep and I'm ignoring things, I get migraines. My body just goes, no, hard, no, stop. And it will, it will literally throw me on my back. Well, I think that, that's such an important message. Like if our audience doesn't take anything away from our conversation today, <laughs> that one is a big one to yeah. really let that absorb and, and recognizing that when things are out of alignment, when we're not respecting our boundaries, that it potentially can turn into dis-ease. And when that disease mm-hmm. rears its head, pay attention because that can turn into something more and you don't want it to go there. You want to get, you want to, resolve that before it happens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's great. Great feedback, Carly. So I'm going to, I'm going to switch gears just a little bit here. So you sure. came out at 19 mm-hmm. and one of the things you had shared with me is that every day feels like a new coming out. <laughs> so when we're suppressing the acceptance of who we mm-hmm. are, or who we're mm-hmm. meant to be, what happens? 
I, I have a friend and in high school, uh, coming back to the migraine topic, he suffered major migraines throughout high school. Guess when they stopped? When he came out. When he came out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's holding all this inside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's easy for me to say, cause I've found that flow in my life of, of living my authentic truth. And, and, and I keep tabs on that, you know, how, how am I feeling? What do I want? What do I need? And, and that's constantly shifting as the world changes. But when you are constantly living misaligned to self and soul and desires and dreams, we're effectively creating our, our own misery, whether we admit it to ourselves on a conscious level or not. And to me, when, when we have the privilege and advantage of living in a country like Canada, stepping into that is such an opportunity. And I, and I recognize that that doesn't, that opportunity, even in Canada doesn't exist for everybody, but I think exploring, you know, why am I not happy at work? Why am I not happy in my relationship? What am I compromising? Am I, is this serving me? You know, it's not just about us serving others. It's about is, is my situation, is my world, is my work, is my spouse, are they serving me? Yeah, that's so important. I mean, it, you know, wow. So much of what you just shared there, <laughs> like there's so many ways we could go with that conversation because when you're not being true to yourself, you can't fully be you. And, mm-hmm. and you're here on this, in this earth, on this, in this world to you're meant to be fully you. You're not meant to be one of everybody else, right? That's everybody that's else what, is taken. Exactly. Exactly. And that's what AI is for anyway. Those robots. Yes. And, and we're not robots. <laughs> we're humans. And and so it, you know, how do you get comfortable being fully you? You mm-hmm. are created uniquely as you. And so that is like your message here is I think is so important for the audience to absorb that, you know, sure. Some people might not like it. That's not your problem. That's their stuff. Mm -hmm. So how do you be fully you so that, you know, you can live that authentic, fruitful life that you want to live. And to your point, it's you're, you're being true to who you are and serving Mm -hmm. yourself. Mm -hmm. It comes right back to practice. It takes practice. Yeah. You know, standing in your own, having the courage to stand in your own truth and grow the roots that hold you down. Um, And it's interesting because so much of my early life was navigating so many other people's expectations that I got really good at being a chameleon. Uh, My wife will tell you that on our first four dates, I looked completely, I showed up completely different. You know, we went, we went to the beach to take the dogs for a swim and I was in board shorts and a t-shirt. And then we went out for dinner and I was, you know, dressed differently, hairstyled differently. And then one day um, I went to surprise her. I knew where she was and I was dressed up. I was in full heels, full business attire, full makeup. And she walked by me. She didn't even recognize me. Her friend was like, isn't that Carly? (laughs) So I got really good at shape-shifting and changing. Um, and I'm comfortable with doing that with intention now. Um, and, and that allows me to often meet our clients where they're at. However, 
many years ago that led to my midlife crisis at 34. <laughs> I was just, I was just so exhausted and so misaligned with my own values and my own dreams because I was trying to, to build a business in an environment and in a, in a culture that didn't, didn't work for me, wasn't aligned to me, didn't respond to react to align with my values. And so I had to basically untangle myself and, and, and un pull every pull, pull myself apart from my aspects of like, who am I? What are my values? What do I want? What are my hopes and dreams? And then how do I put it all back together? Effectively, I was building my personal brand. You know, I was, I was dismantling the brand that I had built because I had built it from the outside in. Yeah. What, do, what are people saying about me? What do they need me to be? What do they want me to be great? How can I be that versus what do I want to be? And how do I want to show up? And what do I want to do and offer the world? I had to completely rebuild that at about age of 34. And I'm glad I did. But, you know, imagine if none of us had to go through that journey. Yeah. Well, the journey is, that is how we learn, right? That's how we, True. that's how we grow and become not always, but a lot of us will grow and become who we're, who we are truly meant to be. Um, and it's just remembering that. So you broke all that down to remember who you, who you truly are, mm-hmm. which is beautiful. And we're grateful that you found who you were at 34. <laughs> That's awesome. So what, what would be two sage advice that you would share with the audience they can walk away with today and, you know, potentially implement or embody uh, as they continue to navigate life? You keep segueing really well. You said embody and my, what I've written down here in my notes, uh, reviewing the questions was listen to your body and find your own rhythm. Um, you'll find that the signals are subtle, but every day our body is sending us signals of small whispers of, Hey, I'm dehydrated. Can I have some water? Right. To the, to the big intuitional screams of the hell no, that is not for me. And listening, learning to listen and act on what your body and your heart and your soul are asking for is just, it creates magic. It puts you in, it it moves you to alignment. It is telling you what you need. And it's, it's so, so subtle. And sometimes it's confusing to figure out. I know that when I'm craving chips and caffeine, it's actually because I'm dehydrated and I need water. Mm. So it's just, it's playing, it's practice. Again, it's practice. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Good advice. Good advice. Well, Carly, thank you so much for joining us today. This has been a great conversation. Um, I know our audience is going to walk away thinking about, you know, how do they incorporate more flow in their life? You know, how do you, how do you really connect with your true authentic self? Um, and, and really asking yourself, you know, even thinking from the endurance race and the seasons, like, you know, how do you work in those periods of rest and then ramp up and when should you push versus when you need to take a step back? All really great lessons. And, you know, it's when I think about from an athletic perspective, so many things are relatable to business and life Mm -hmm. in general. Mm -hmm. Um, So it is how we live our life. So I want to thank you for joining us. This has been awesome. My pleasure. And I want to thank our audience for joining the Women in Leadership Talk podcast. We know you have a choice as to where you spend your time. And hopefully you will continue to follow us at Women in Leadership Talk and listen to the wonderful, inspiring stories that we are able to um, to share with you. And we look forward to having you on our next uh, our next will po- podcast. Thanks again. See you soon. 
This episode of the Women in Leadership Talk podcast is being sponsored by Bon Hill Events. Bon Hill does an amazing job at recognizing women in the technology industry. And currently, they have nominations open for their Women in IT Awards Canada. This year, they have over 20 categories focusing on achievements in technology, diversity, equity, inclusion, and advocacy. Candidates are welcome and encouraged to nominate themselves as well as other team members, colleagues, or their peers. Nominations are open to technology professionals across industries, and it's free to submit an entry. Those nominations are being accepted until June 3rd, 2022, and they will be in Canada in the Toronto area with their annual conference in October of 2022 to recognize women in the technology industry. If you're interested in submitting an submitting a nomination or application for this, please visit womeninitawards.com backslash Toronto backslash. Or if you want to learn more about the categories that they are uh, featuring, you can go to www.bonhillevents.com backslash en backslash WIT Awards Canada 2022 backslash categories. This will give you insight into all of the categories available. And again, you can self-nominate or you can nominate another amazing woman that you see in the industry doing remarkable work. Thank you so much, Bon Hill. We appreciate you sponsoring the Women in Leadership Talk podcast.